What's up, everybody? Today, I'm super excited to announce my guest. He's a former Edinburgh quarterback, a two-time Grey Cup champion, and one of the top quarterbacks in the CFL right now. Trevor Harris, how's it going today, brother? I'm great, man. Glad, uh, glad to be on with you. Awesome. I'm glad to have you. So uh, you went to Marion Pleasant High School back in the day. <laughs> you were all-state selection in both football and basketball. Kind of what was your recruiting process like? Um, what, how'd you end up picking football over basketball? Which one do you like more? Kind of just take us back to high school and how you ended up at Edinburgh. Yeah, I actually, uh, I can relate in a way to Anthony Edwards, the guy that uh, just got drafted in the NBA, number one overall pick. He, his first love is football. And he was, he was loud about that. My first love was basketball. And when I went to college at Edinburgh, actually, they talked to me about playing there and um, you know, I was, I was the guy, you know, freshman, sophomore year in high school, I'd wake up at five 30 and go shoot hoops for an hour before, uh, school would start. And, uh, in high school, I really wasn't heavily recruited. I was recruited by some division two schools, uh, offered a walk on at Iowa, um, a couple Mac schools and that was it. And I just thought, you know what, if one of these schools are going to be dumb enough to pay for my education and think I'm going to be okay at football, I guess I'll let them do it. So, uh, I ended up choosing Edinburgh of the few schools and uh, truth be told, there was three division two schools that told me I wasn't good enough to play for them. And so I wasn't really uh, heavily recruited. Um, and I just ended up falling in love with the game of football my, around my junior, senior year in high school. And uh, just kind of just, I stood where I was and I just did the best I could with what I had and loved my teammates and it, it flourished into this. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you you lit it up when you were at Edinburgh, broke numerous passing records, still hold most of them to this day. Um, kind of take us, what kind of like NFL opportunities did you have following your college career? And like, what, who kind of like broke that for you? Like, how did you kind of find out that you had some NFL injuries? Kind of take us into that. Yeah, uh, funny story with that. I was getting ready to take a calculus test. I was a math major in college. And my head coach called me. He was like, hey, Trev, uh, the Eagles are here and the Buffalo Bills are here to see you. I was like, I was like, get the heck out of here, coach. I was like, I got to take a test. I'll call you back later, though. And I hung up and he called me again. And I was like, what's he calling me for again? And he's like, Trevor, I'm serious. This is not a joke. They're here to see you. And I was like, wait, what? I think I was probably the fastest I'd ever gone through a calculus test in my life. I went over there and uh, had no idea what to expect. They were like, okay. Uh, they, I mean, I walked in there. It was business. They're like standing against the wall and measured me took my weight and they were like okay we're going to uh, all proctor this uh test and they're like you have 12 minutes to begin and I was like well I had no idea I was taking the wonder lick test and uh so it all kind of just like hit me at once and uh you know you do feel a little bit of undue like pressure I guess per se to like perform a little higher act a certain way or whatever and after a while I was like you know what forget this you know just loving my teammates and being who I am and doing the best with what I got right here has gotten me to this point that's what I'm gonna keep doing and so I was able to tune out the distractions just focus on loving my teammates and playing ball and I uh, enjoyed my senior year and got an opportunity with Jacksonville had a couple other uh, teams the Seattle Seahawks and Bengals um, that were talking to me about free agent deals after the draft and I uh, was just thankful I got that opportunity. Yeah, so you just kind of mentioned it. That's a wild story, but you just kind of mentioned it. You know, you went on a bit of a pro football journey after college. You played for the Jaguars a little bit, Arizona Rattlers over in the Arena Football League, Hartford Colonels, um, Buffalo Bills, Orlando Predators before you finally got to the CFL. What was that journey kind of like leading up to the CFL? And actually, in in the between those things, the things you won't see on Wikipedia is I actually uh, 
took a coaching job offer at Edinburgh twice during that process. I was tired of the washing machine of football. You know, it was uh, six months in Arizona and then three weeks up in Sacramento. And uh, when I got picked up by the Hartford Colonials into training camp, nine days into training camp, they, uh, the owner was like, I'm not going to pay the guys this year. So the team folded. And so I go back and I GA at Edinburgh and I got picked up by the Sacramento mountain lions and three weeks or five weeks into an eight week season, the league folds. And then I go to the Orlando predators back in the arena league. And there was a threat of a player strike. So they cut the entire team going into that game. When we were on our way, I was pulling in to the, uh, to the player's garage, Michael, I'm not joking. And they cut the entire team, signed a replacement team, and they're all carrying their pads, walking in. And we were like, what is happening? And I was like, this is pro football. I was like, I need something that's stabilizing me. And so just so happens the old coordinator had just left at Edinburgh. My brother had three years of eligibility left. And I was going to go be the old coordinator for my brother at Edinburgh. And I just didn't feel it was right in my heart. And I didn't feel like it's what God wanted me to do. And so I was like, I'm going to give this one more shot. And I went up to uh, Toronto and I finally got a place to kind of set my feet firm and have something to hold on to and grow and learn. And uh, here I am eight or nine years later and very, very blessed to be playing the game of football. Yeah, man. And, you know, you've done a very good job at it as well. So you finally made that CFL roster. Uh, you made a name for yourself right out of the gate. Uh, you got to play a little bit. Um, what was it kind of like adjusting to CFL rules and uh, how did you manage to find success? I know like the fields are a little bit longer, wider, stuff like that. Um, I know they have a little bit different rules. Kind of how did you just adjust to all that after playing like American football your whole life? It's different. There's 12 guys instead of 11, the field goal poster in the front. The biggest difference to me is the three downs instead of four. And, you know, I, there was a few times where it'd be like second and 10 and you, you know, incomplete or you'd be short and it'd be a like, punt and you're like, wait, what? And, you know, so it takes a little bit to, to adjust to that, but uh, the game's a lot different because of three downs instead of four, you can't really lean on a run game per se. And that 12th defender, it geometrically adds coverages that can be played. So it's quite a different game, but once you get that brand of football, it's really fun because it's a passing league. You have the downhill motions, the waggles and, the extra guy on offense. So it's an equalizer and you can have a lot of fun with it and you can really get your creative juices flowing as a, as a play caller, play designer. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like a coach's dream and nightmare at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so kind of what's been like the best piece of advice that, you know, you've been given kind of, doesn't matter when you've been given it, just kind of that's helped you throughout your football career. Something that's always kind of just stuck with you. The best piece of advice I've ever been given is, uh, start where you are, use what you got and do, and use what you, and do what you can. And that you're never going to be defined by where you are or what position you're in. You're going to be defined by how you go about it. So what's your work ethic? What's your attitude? And to summarize that is it comes down to two things in life. It's your attitude and your effort. And those are the only two things that you can control. Aside from that, you can't really control what the weather's like, what other people decide, you know, what other people's attitude is like, but you do control your own attitude and you can't control what other people's work ethic is, but you do control your own, you know, your effort. So effort and attitude would be the biggest things that I've learned and to not let any sort of circumstance define me, just let the way I go about it and the way I do my craft define me. For sure. That's some, that's some great advice. Um, so it was kind of, you know, switch gears just a little bit. Um, so what NFL quarterbacks right now do you think 
are on the rise. Like if you had to pick like maybe three young guys, you know, maybe some under the radar guys, maybe they need a different team, whatever the scenario may be. If you could take three guys to put a thousand dollars on each and say, this dude's going to be a pretty successful starting quarterback in the league five years from now, who are you, who are you picking? Um, so these aren't really boiling hot takes. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be a stud. Justin Herbert is going to be a stud. And I think Kyler Murray is past that whole uh, going to be a stud. And I think he is. Um, it's just a matter of these guys getting the right pieces around them and having the right scenario. Because if you watch their film, they're, they're amazing in terms of the way they see the field, uh, how calm, cool, and collected they are. Now, I'm not high on Tua. Um, Me either. For general manager you're going to spend a lot of sleepless nights because you're going to be worried if he's going to be hurt. I mean, he got hurt in practice. He had three surgeries in two years at Alabama. And I mean, he's amazing in terms of his accuracy, his anticipation, but um, I'm not as high on him as I am the other three guys that I just mentioned. So those three, I think are going to be uh, some fun ones to watch over the next decade or so. There's plenty more, but those are the three that kind of stick out to me right now. So I I know we didn't really talk about this. So I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, okay? Have been my whole life. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. Currently, it's in the middle, okay? It's in the middle. So right now we have Taysom Hill running the ship for us. I'm a big Jameis Winston guy. I'm not a big Taysom Hill guy. Kind of what's your situation? What's your take on that situation? Jameis is, is hot and cold. He threw 28 interceptions in two years at Florida State. So he averaged over an interception every game. Um, he threw 30 picks last year. So you're going to get a high amount of pr production and a high amount of uh, screwing up, I guess I should say, with Jameis. And I will say the Saints, Drew Brees, all-time top three, top five quarterback, no question. But the Saints are also very, very good. Pete Carmichael, Sean Payton, they've got some great minds uh, directing that offense. And without Drew Brees, they're 7-0 and over the last few years, right? Yeah, five and with Teddy in the past B, two years. Yep, and then two and zero with Taysom Hill so far. So uh, they've got some creative minds doing their work, and I'm sure they'd be just fine with Jameis running the show as well. Um, but I think it's a good year for Jameis to sit back and really learn this entire year and watch how Drew Brees goes about it. Um, just because I have some close friends that have played with the Saints, and they just say the way he kind of goes about his craft in terms of he finishes every pro uh, every progression of his of his reads, no matter if they're walking through or whatever. He mentally visualizes every play. Um, those are the things that are going to help Jameis kind of back off those those mistakes that he's had. He's kind of been a little bit of a mistake-prone guy. So um, I think if you're wanting a long-term answer, yeah, Jameis I think would be the guy because I think Taysom Hill is really good. Don't get me wrong. I just think he's like a maybe a, a Tim Tebow plus version. You know, he can throw it a little bit better than Tebow, but uh, he has that same running style, physical, tough, gritty sort of stuff. So – um, I like Taysom Hill, but I think long term, I, I I agree with you. I'd side with Jameis. He's just got to back off on the mistakes. Yeah, I agree. So one of like the biggest jokes leading up to this week, you know, well, in the past like 24 hours leading up to the Saints game, you know, obviously all the Broncos quarterbacks go down with COVID protocols, all that good stuff. So the joke was that our tight end was going against the Broncos practice squad receiver. So kind of, <laughs> so kind of what, how? I don't know. Give us like a little bit of an insight. You know, you're a professional quarterback. You play in the NFL. You play in the CFL, the two biggest leagues in the world, I would say. Um, kind of how hard would it be to be a practice squad player, not even thinking you're going to play less than 24 hours, have to be a starting quarterback? Kind of 
Yeah. And this actually leads me into like a little bone I have to pick with society. And so I think people that are like Carson Wentz is trash, uh, two is trash. Uh, this guy's trash. Well, why don't you go try and play quarterback? Cause that's what we just had happen is a guy that started at a division one power five school in wake forest for three years, stepped in and tried to play. And we have people that don't even know the position, what it's about saying like, Oh, he sucks. It's like, does he, why don't you go try and play? And so that's what we kind of just saw. We saw a guy go in there and go one for nine with two picks. He completed more team, more, more passes to the other team than his own. So, um, it is very, very difficult. It's a, there's a reason quarterbacks are really highly paid in the NFL like they are. And the reason is it's a very difficult job and a lot of responsibilities bearing down on your shoulders. And so um, it's, it's hard and, and it's a credit to Taysom Hill, but he's also been playing. He's been in the thick of things, you know, being able to watch Drew Brees, taking snaps at quarterback, throwing, he signed as a quarterback out of college. And so a little easier for him, but, uh, Obviously, props to both of those guys. Even even the guy that played for for Denver. Uh, I apologize for not knowing his name, but Kendall even Hinton. for him to just step in there and have the nerve to say "I'll do it" is yeah. is pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of tie it back to you now. So uh, a lot of people, you know, I've I've interviewed several athletes, and this is probably everyone's favorite question to answer. And it's also one of the favorite questions to hear on the podcast. Who is the best player? throughout high school, college, it doesn't matter any level that you've ever played with and the best you've ever played against. Great question. Might have to take a second to think about that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mind immediately goes to my time in the NFL. Like Maurice Jones drew was kind of our guy. And when he was going, he was really, really good. Um, but in college, uh, I'll tell you the guy that stuck out to me was Tommy Campbell. Um, and I'm, He's a, he's a Pennsylvania guy. He was just, he played for Edinburgh for a year and he was the most dominant player that I think I played with in college, in my time in college. And he's actually spent some time up in the CFL. Great guy, great heart. And I love Tommy. Um, but, but geez, there's, there's quite a bit of, of great players that I've played with and against. Um, Delvin bro has been a really, really good player and he has Friend a the fantastic, show. yeah, he has a fantastic story and, he would have been a highly paid corner in the NFL had he been able to pass a physical and he was able to pass a physical up in the CFL. And, uh, you know, just a few years ago, it was, it was almost like he was just, he was just a lockdown. If he's guarding a guy, you don't really look that way. I remember a few times where he'd be manned up on a guy in four by one sets up in the CFL and the safety would come cloud over the top to help him out. And he would just look back and wave him off. And it was just like, whew to just like wave off any help at all is some supreme confidence, but you don't get that without being, you know, a supreme player. And um, so he's probably been one of the better ones up in the CFL. Oh yeah. He's the highest paid defensive back in the CFL right now. Rightfully so. Um, yeah. I had him on the show not too long ago talking about his Saints situation. And that was a, that was a great podcast as well. But um, so what do you think? I mean, we kind of touched on it already. Um, what do you think is the absolute biggest difference between the NFL and the CFL maybe since you already kind of touched on like the whole third and fourth down things let's maybe like maybe from like a talent standpoint do you think there's like any significant difference in the talent or do you think it's just kind of these people have an opportunity to play here just kind of what's your opinions on that so I think Patrick Mahomes would be an outlier um you know uh Miles Garrett Aaron Donald DeAndre Hopkins 
I think the top tier guys that make a lot of money are, are truly, truly different. Now, when you get into the guys that are really good in the CFL and the guys that, you know, play on Sundays, I don't think there's a huge talent gap there. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, now the NFL has better talent overall. There's no question about that. And so, you know, anybody that wants to criticize me for saying that I'm not saying the CFL talent is better. I'm just saying the players in the CFL, the good players, I don't think they'd have a really difficult time making, making teams on and in this league down here, it's down South. And so, um, but yeah, there's, there's some Supreme outliers across the board, plenty. I mean, probably a couple hundred in this, in the NFL, but in terms of the talent, the talent in the CFL is very, very good. And I think anybody that comes up and watches a game in person would, would see that, you know, the gaps, the holes close, the, the windows close quickly and the offense and defensive line, they have some great moves and they do a great job at what they do. And so, uh, I tell some people, you know, over the summer next year, uh, catch some CFL games and uh, I think find a team, preferably Edmonton, uh, latch on and come up and love us up and, and watch some football. You'll have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. I'm, I've obviously talked to several CFL players. I've talked to several NFL players. Um, you know, I've talked to guys who have played for both the AAF, the you know, XFL, all of that. And honestly, yeah, I don't think there's really any significant talent difference you know some people just prefer to play in the cfl you know some people have declined nfl contracts to stay in the cfl so you know i just think you know it's just kind of personal preference i think there's plenty of talent in both leagues i mean that's why you see guys go from both leagues all the time so i think you know that's just a really big misinterpretation as from like football fans is that the cfl is like a step lower and i mean i guess technically it is but like not really so um, kind yeah. of what's it like winning two Grey Cups? For those who don't know, the Grey Cups is like the same thing as like a Super Bowl. So kind of what's that like? You know, you go to the CFL, you make you make a team after your crazy football journey and you win you win two Grey Cups. You're searching for more. How's how's that going for you? Ah, man, it's uh, it's it's a fun feeling. But at the same time, there's there's like uh, there's like an unquenchable satiety about it that like you just want another one. And, you know, all you did want, you got one in Toronto, like I was a whole, I was a field goal holder. And then I got one in uh, Ottawa when I split time with uh, Hank. And now that, you know, I'm the sole starter, it's, I've got to get one. I've got to get a few and um, you have plenty of goals, but really, like I said, those are just like things you can put up on a vision board in terms of, you know, you don't want to win the great cup, but really my pure focus is just doing the right thing right where I'm at just do the next right thing, love up my teammates. And at the end of the day, you can kind of look up at the scoreboard and see how you do. Yeah. Um, All right. So before I ask you the last question, we're going to go back and talk about some NFL, some NFL quarterbacks right now. So if you had to take three guys to put them on your top three list of all time, which three, like in the NFL right now, who is your, yeah, I guess that's the way I should have worded it. Who's your top three quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Who's your top three of all time? Well, there's one that I'm sure nobody else has, Patrick Mahomes. I know that's probably a big outlier. Nobody <laughs> thinks Pat Mahomes is good except me. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, no. no, but he's he to me he's he's far and away number one. He's in a different stratosphere right now, the way he's playing. Um, but also you've got to give a lot of credit to their scheme. When you watch their film, it's it's incredible what they do, getting in three by one nub sets and uh isolating Kelsey, isolating uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, putting Tyreek Hill in the backfield and you know, they're low and high mesh concepts. They're low and high uh, fake mesh concepts. And, 
their play action, their screen game, they do a tremendous job of getting dudes open and getting the matchups they want. So uh, they do a great job with that. And I think uh, somebody that may not be in everybody's top three is Deshaun Watson. I, I think Deshaun Watson sure. is a stud. And truth of it is, is uh, I think the all-time leading uh, passer rating quarterback in NFL history for 12 years straight, he held the record, was Aaron Rodgers. And Deshaun Watson last Thursday surpassed him with a minimum of 1,500 attempts as the highest rated quarterback in, in NFL history uh, with a minimum of 1,500 attempts. He held the record for three days. Pat Mahomes took that over. But um, incredible, incredible career he's had so far. Uh, so you got to mention those, those two. You've got to mention Aaron Rodgers, and you've also got to be able to mention Russell Wilson to me. As yeah, for right sure. Now. Yeah, for sure. And who's your, who do you think would be your top three of all time? All time. Uh, oh, see, there's, there's two different discussions here. Are we talking the greatest of all time? Are we talking the best quarterbacks of all time? Because the greatest of all time, it's got to be Brady, you know, six Super Bowls, all these sorts of things. But if you're going to talk the best at playing the position on any given set on any given Sunday, I, I just feel like the most dominant quarterbacks of all time have been, have been Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. And, There's your top three right there. <laughs> and so I think those three guys right there, but I think over the next five years, it's going to be a hard to leave Pat Mahomes out of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are really good, but I think Peyton Manning might be the most dominant of all time. It's just the way he revolutionized the game and changing the plays at the line of scrimmage and, you know, calling his own plays and those sorts of things. He brought a new, mental element to the game yeah what about what's your what's kind of your opinions on like Lamar Jackson I know you left him off your your top three why why'd you leave him off your top three yeah I I love Lamar in if you listen to his interviews he always he always takes responsibility um if they try and blame the game on somebody else he takes ownership of it I love that about him he's an alpha personality he's probably the best athlete minus Mike Vick, him and Mike Vick to play the position. Um, I just think if Lamar Jackson has a high ankle sprain, God forbid, I don't want that to happen. I love Lamar Jackson. If that happens, I'm not sure that he's the same. And, um, but again, he's a stud. I mean, to say you're not one of the top five quarterbacks in the world right now, I don't think is a slight. That's why people do the whole like MJ LeBron. He's like, oh no, it's MJ. It's like, you're not putting down LeBron James by saying he's the second best player ever, you know, like Lamar Jackson's a stud. I just don't think he's at the the level of those four or five guys yet. Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you, so let's say you're an NFL GM, you know, you're looking for a, a quarterback for this upcoming draft. Who's your, who's your three guys that kind of stand out in college this year that you could uh, potentially build your NFL franchise around? So the two guys that immediately will be on everybody's list are uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And after that, I think there's, there's quite a bit of debate and I think it'll kind of be, I think it'll be really fluid if it's the kid from North Dakota state, um, you know, that's a redshirt sophomore, which is kind of like, has he played enough ball? Has he played it at a high level? You know, sort of questions he'll have to answer. And then you've got uh, Kyle Trask, you've got Zach Wilson, um, I know I'm leaving off a couple of the guys. There's a couple more guys that I'm not thinking of, but um, I really like watching Zach Wilson play in terms of when you watch his game, he's able to move and he reminds you a little bit of Russell Wilson. And so, you know, it's just going to be a matter of, does he have the great decision-making you watch Kyle Trask? 
Uh, he doesn't move like Joe Burrow, but he reminds you in terms of his, you know, he's a gunslinger. He'll, he'll make the throws and let his guy go make plays. He anticipates well. And so I'll have to watch some more film before, uh, you know, given number three, but I think uh, the easy, easy two guys to call are, uh, are Fields and Lawrence. Perfect. So I got two more questions for you. The first one, kind of what, what do you see yourself doing? Like when your playing days are over, what do you, you know, you're going to get back into coaching. You know, I kind of, I know you kind of mentioned a few things to me before the show, kind of what would you say, you know, is going to be your long-term after football career? You know, my first like few years after college, I took notes like I was never going to hear what I heard ever again. And the reason I did that was I was trying to learn. I had this unquenchable satiety to, for knowledge of football, and it's because I wanted to coach. And so I think, and I went into teaching as my degree in college, and it's because I think coaching is teaching. I'm a teacher at heart, and I love to teach. I love to, you know, I'd love to, you know, put pour into to kids and and help them learn and and be able to pass on the things I've learned. And my playing career has just turned into what it is, and I'm thankful because I've learned so much. Every year, I'm like, I think I'm ready to be a coach now. I could do it. I learn twice as much the next year. And so it's a continuing process. So I think I'm a coach at heart. I also love to evaluate. Uh, so I don't know if I want to go into scouting in the NFL or if I want to go into a homeopathic uh, practitioner, you know, there's been like a, a nutrition and, you know, sort of learning curve that I've really been going through through this quarantine. And I've got some certifications in school right now that I'm about to finish up to and then I'm going to go shadow a homeopath and naturopath and, and learn that kind of route and see if that's something that I want to continue on that path. Yeah, sweet. Um, so any advice to the young athletes out there chasing their professional football dreams? What kind of can you give them? Um, this is uh, this is like stuff that kind of hits home to me because I think that growing up, I was a mama's boy. Um, I always listened to my parents. And I think that served me really well because uh, a lot of the people that I've played with didn't quite have the discipline. And I was very privileged in terms of, you know, to grow up in a two parent household with, and I'm very thankful. It was a very big blessing and it's been an advantage to have two parents to be able to, you know, have them teach me what discipline is, what hard work's about. And so my biggest advice to anybody growing up that wants to do those things is your parent or guardian, listen to them. Um, it's not cool to, be up at 1230 and partying and drinking and doing drugs. What's cool is waking up at 530 in the morning and grinding your ass off and, and learning and growing and, and putting in that extra time and being a grinder and chasing your dreams. Those are the things that are cool. And to me, like that's a really backwards thing in our society right now is the cool thing is staying out late and doing those things. And it's really not like I, in college, I'd go to bed at 10 o'clock and I was up at 530 and I was opening up the softball room because it was turf field in there and I could get I could go in there and get my agility workouts in and go up and throw in the gym. And I think that's really one of the biggest reasons I've been able to chase the dreams I have and accomplish the things I have. Yeah, for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Trevor Harris, CFL QB, still still chasing some great cups, too. So we got to stay tuned for sure former Edinburgh quarterback. So make sure you guys drop my boy a follow. I'm going to link everything down below. Thank you once again, my man. I appreciate you having me on, man. No worries.